0: The Family Foundation gets canceled, and why is the United States Vice President making theological statements about whether abortion conflicts with your faith? We'll discuss this and more today. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, Victoria, welcome back from vacation. We missed you on the podcast, but you did something that may have never been done before in the history of the Family Foundation. You actually took a vacation where you didn't have cell phone access
1: yeah it, um <laughs> I mean I had some um, and there was one other time on our 10th anniversary my husband and I went to Costa Rica that I told people I will not have access for a week but we ended up having Wi-Fi but that was like the best because we could access if we wanted to but no one thought we had cell phone that's the ideal work getaway right but this actually we went out west and there was tons of times we would have it and then there were like two days we spent in Yellowstone I had no idea they really do not they don't want to have access in Yellowstone. They want you to enjoy the park and
0: it's Imagine that. So we're in our own country.
1: Yes. Like and they actually so we literally I've never stayed overnight somewhere where I didn't have cell or Wi Fi. That was just weird. But actually very good. Good for your family. Um yeah, they don't put TVs in the room. It's all on purpose. And I actually, you know, I'm I'm for it. It's just conceptually
0: hard with work. (laughs) All right. Well, let's hear one funny story. Do you have one funny story from vacation this year?
1: Oh gosh, just one. Um, yeah, I'll I'll tell you one, and it just kind of tells you a little bit about my family. We there's six of us, so we're in two different hotel rooms. You don't all fit in one, and so and we take away our kids were allowed to bring like a phone and a tablet because of the long airplane rides. So you know, I took away my son's phone into my room so that it wasn't being used you know when and um i guess he thought it would be funny ahead of time he apparently created downloaded an app a separate app that does alarms but they do alarms in a different way so he sets an alarm on his phone for 4 a.m through an app So at 4 a.m., this crazy loud noise goes off. Now, his phone is near my bed. I grab it. I realize, oh, he must have time changed. I don't know why there's an alarm. I start turning down the volume. You cannot turn down the volume. The volume goes back up. And uh, literally, I'm trying to figure out how to get the alarm off. And I'm, I mean, it's 4 in the morning. I finally think. Elizabeth's now sitting up in bed yeah. over in the other bed. And she's sitting up and trying to figure out what's going on. So I throw her the phone. And she had heard of this alarm. You have to do math problems to turn <laughs> off the hilarious. alarm. And I'm telling you, I just thought, really, like, this is vacation. And you're like, but my kid thinks this is, like, how my family, you know, okay. entertains itself.
0: <laughs> if that were me, that phone's going in the lake. Literally, like, that's I, going-
1: <laughs> I honestly was like, I never, ever want to let you have your phone back again. <laughs> The teenage revenge, I guess. There's a lot of
0: pranking. It's just the way they are. (laughs) Well, I'll share one little funny vacation story that we had this July. And that is my husband decided to plan a surprise intertubing expedition on our road trip. But it was kind of in city water like James River. Yeah. And I was a little freaked out because I looked around. There were actually what looked like soap suds in the water. And I told him, (laughs) there just should not be suds in the water. So I was kind of not wanting to be in the water. (laughs) Well, then we hit a rapid. I get stuck in rocks. He tries to get me, but it's falling over. And I'm like two seconds from going in the water and maybe hitting my head. But he rescued me. So at the end of the day, I ask him, what was your favorite part of the whole day? And he goes, it was when we had a crisis and I rescued you. I I like that. I thought that says a whole lot about men because I was not my favorite part of the day.
1: (laughs) That's cute. I like that a lot. I think that's perfect. They they
0: need something. You guys, you needed
1: a, we did a float trip, which was really more like in a pretty full blown boat. You really weren't going to fall out of that thing, but we, it was amazing. (laughs) Unbelievable. It was several hours down. I mean, it was awesome. But you maybe need that one. And, and of course the water out there, I mean, it was beautiful (laughs) and, and you're, you're floating by and there's literally like deer like walking into the water to say, it's beautiful. We
0: were floating by abandoned chairs. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. (laughs) All right, well, I just want to start with a few updates on what's going on here at the office. And one big thing that's happening is it seems the Family Foundation has been canceled by the woke corporation world. Tell us about that, Victoria.
1: Yeah, that's right. Our staff, we're in the middle of this very painful, very difficult um, conversion is what they call it. Although, you know, we use those words for lots of other things, but it's a data conversion. So we use a database to keep track of the people that engage with us and how we send our emails and really everything we do. Long story short... Um, unfortunately, what happened, and we had an agreement with the company. We know that we're controversial, so we had an agreement with the company that you know they'd never cancel us because of what we do. And um, everything was going swimmingly, and we really loved this product. And the company was bought. By a bigger company, and the moment that it was bought, it was like, okay, we're done. We're, no right wing, or whatever you want to call us, you know, nothing that works on our side of the issues is going to be allowed. So a whole bunch of groups actually are having to immediately leave this product. Well, I shouldn't say immediately, but these conversions take a long time to get from yeah, one place to the other.
0: Painful and expensive.
1: They're very expensive.
0: And it's kind of hard not to conclude that maybe our emails equipping people to speak out about things like opposing pro-abortion policy and parental rights on transgender issues in schools, maybe that didn't sit so well With the whole woke company trend.
1: Yeah, it's kind of happening all over the place. And the tech in particular seems to be worse than others. So we've been prepared. That's why we had an agreement, for example. you know. But this is the reality. And I think it's moving quickly to things like insurance and banking, which is going to get a lot harder for groups like ours to be able to find the resources we need to be able to function. And we just need to be prepared.
0: I think you're right. Well, I just want to remind people to be in prayer for our organization as we are involved in this very intensive process making this whole data transition. But in other news, I did want to give you a chance to comment on this little special trip that Vice President Kamala Harris made to Virginia while you were gone. See what you miss when you leave town? She Held a roundtable with several of Virginia's pro-abortion state legislators, and apparently the whole goal of this meeting seems to have been to kind of make this case that there is this dire, urgent threat to women now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And she kind of seems to be trying to stir people up politically over this. So I just wanted to ask you, Victoria... Why do you think the Biden administration is targeting states like Virginia on this issue? And why are they trying to focus on this as a political issue? I mean, after all, the polls clearly show people are more concerned about the economy and inflation right now.
1: Well, you just actually hit the nail on the head on why they're focused on Virginia. And I know this sounds cynical, but I've been in politics too long. We have two, if not three, congressional races happening right now for this November that can change from Democrat to Republican and could affect them having the House of Representatives to get done what they want to accomplish on abortion and many other issues. Mm. And so it's not that Virginia is at this moment about to change our abortion law. It's that our position in the national landscape politically is incredibly important. So what they want to do is mobilize their base and get them excited to vote for them around an issue. And they can't do it around the economy, to your point, Right now, people are actually extremely concerned about the cost of living and all of that. And so they have to there's, there's a very intentional shift of focus. Now, not to say that they don't think that's important. They do. I mean, reproductive rights, as they term them, have yeah. been a, a staple for the Democrat Party for a long time. But that's why they're in Virginia, not in places that actually, you know, could change their abortion law tomorrow. We're we're unfortunately really struggling through how do we work around the Senate? You know, we don't have an instant. We don't have something headed towards a ballot measure you'd think you'd be mostly in those states but it's it's bigger than that
0: that's very interesting thanks for joining us for speak up virginia brought to you by the family foundation if you're enjoying the show help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends thanks for listening well i want to point out that one of the most controversial comments the vice president made while she was here which she has continued to repeat elsewhere, is this claim trying to reassure people that supporting abortion in no way conflicts with their religious faith. Let's just hear
2: her comment on that. You don't have to abandon your faith or your beliefs to agree that the government should not be making that decision for that woman.
1: Yeah, it is interesting that she feels the need to weigh into people's faith. I think, I will say this I think there are many political figures who are very adept at trying to siphon off from other areas. And so, for example, she knows there are people who are sort of church going that are probably struggling through this with their moral conscience. They know it's not right, but. She's trying to give them permission. She's trying to pull them to her side on this to say, well, you don't have to have an abortion yourself, but you got to be on our team. And that that's scary because it's obviously worked. There's a lot of people who should, by their faith, have a really strong objection to abortion and yet clearly are voting for politicians and for policies that,
0: you know, are in conflict with that. Well, what would your response be to her point that, oh, yeah, you're not abandoning your faith if you support bills like this? Well,
1: I, I got to say, if she's trying to talk to Christians, you really can't make much of a case that you can be a Jesus following Bible reading Christian and still be pro-abortion. You just can't. There's just nothing there to support that. And so I don't know. I can't speak to every single faith, although I can't think of one offhand that isn't pretty strong on the value of human life.
0: Right. Well, unfortunately, the vice president didn't stop there. She also directly attacked our own governor's political views. Let's listen to that real quick.
2: I've read says he will quote gleefully sign a law to take away reproductive rights. So uh, I would also like to be clear that I'm fully aware of the context in which we meet in terms of what this will mean to the people of Virginia.
1: Well, I think it's great that the vice president is actually quoting from our webinar at the Family Foundation where he did say that. But, you know, it's 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 amazing to me that she wants to use his pro-lifeness to rally her. You know, she's trying to to make an enemy for her base. I mean, this is all politics. This is all. So he's you know, we've got this guy and he's, you know, happily going to do the opposite thing. So you've got to rev up. I mean, oh. it's standard politics. <laughs>
0: OK. So this is like when Russia makes a big enemy out of the US for its people. Yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, like
1: in that. politics, there are the good guys and the bad guys, and you gotta highlight the bad guys and you gotta build your, you know, you know, the urgency and the, you know, emotion around the bad guy. Um, so I guess in this case, Yunkin, who is actually a very happy warrior on the conservative side. That's the hard part. It's hard to make him a bad guy other than his beliefs are conservative.
0: Yeah, I loved what he said at at the pro-life march that we led in front of the Capitol. And he said, well, I'm here because I'm governor and I'm pro-life. And he's happy about it. Like you said, he's (laughs) He's like, we're marching today.
1: I mean, (laughs) I loved that it was such a kind of a no-brainer statement for him. He wasn't, you know, trying to politicize it. He was just, this is what we do.
0: Well, I did just want to mention one other comment from this roundtable, and that was made by State Senator Jennifer McClellan, who explained that she and others in the General Assembly fully intend to push through a constitutional amendment, which would basically codify Roe v. Wade into the state constitution. Victoria, do you think they have a real chance at this?
1: So we've seen them introduce that before. So we know what the language looks like. We know they are serious. We're very fortunate that the last election we elected a House of Delegates that I believe would block that. But again, there's all new elections in 2023. So it really, literally, I believe Virginia will be a state that will have a constitutional amendment on our ballot at some point. I don't know which direction.
0: One way or the other. One way or
1: the other. We're either going to go at the next election and continue to build on where we've been with Governor Yunkin and getting the House of Delegates and getting pro-life attorney general and all those things. Or we're going to go back to having liberals in all of the offices. And yes, therefore, you could put that kind of amendment. Remember, an amendment does not need the governor. An amendment, unlike Bill's, is just it goes to the House, goes to the Senate, does that again after an election. So it's two years of that, but it never has to have a signature. So you have to have one of the legislative bodies to block an amendment. And we could have competing ones. Correct. So it's just going to be interesting to see. Virginia really has to make some decisions about which direction we want to go politically. And we certainly pray that... The pro-life decisions that were made last election are the direction, the overall direction that we want to go. And we're going to continue to go in that direction.
0: Well, speaking of that, let's mention uh, what you're thinking about what happened in Kansas recently. Should Virginians feel discouraged about that? How are you interpreting that as far as how it relates to what we might face in the future? I think it was a very important wake up call. Sometimes we get a
1: real big boost in in the direction that we're trying to go. So we get this Dobbs decision and it's amazing we can now we can now ban abortion, but we think that's the end line and we can just rush from that moment until we're going to ban abortion in 50 states and it's going to be easy. I think Kansas is a wake-up call to say you have to move hearts and minds. You have to actually bring people with you. And so we know in Virginia it is still very narrowly divided on the question of should there be abortion or not. It's not narrowly divided on should taxpayers fund it, how late should it go. Virginians reject extremism on abortion. But it is narrowly divided on should it be legal at all. And so Kansas just needs to be a reminder that if we don't move the people of Virginia in how they view abortion – putting an amendment on the ballot isn't going to do the job. And so I don't want to be discouraged about it. I want us to be sober about it.
0: Yeah, that's really well said. And just in case people aren't totally up to date on what happened in Kansas, we're talking about that they had a referendum on the ballot that went statewide voters and it was trying to address the fact that they already have a very pro abortion law that they were essentially trying to reverse, correct?
1: Yes. It was a weird worded thing, but they the, the vote was supposed to be we wanna pull out we don't believe our constitution validates abortion in all cases, but the bottom line is it was a pretty it was close to twenty percent difference between the yes and the no. So we it was not a it was not even a, a really narrow divided issue they mm-hmm. our side lost fairly badly I mean just if I'm I'm honest and it's disappointing because people think of Kansas as a state that is quote red if you mm-hmm. think about it on sort of partisan terminology and so um, I think it also reminds us there's a lot of people who call themselves pro-life might identify with the party that's more pro-life they might be they might say they're Republican. But that doesn't mean they really understand that abortion is taking a human life at every stage and should always be banned. It might mean that they just are revolted when they think about late-term, gruesome surgical abortion. And there's a difference between those two positions. And we have to help people understand, no, every human life has value, needs to be protected at all stages before you—they have to get on board with that before you get to a ballot measure like that.
0: And that's where we really need you, the people listening— to talk to the people in your sphere of influence and have those conversations at the dinner table at your church about why we are pro-life from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective. And you'll find talking points for that on our website. Just look for our After row banner. Um, but just to wrap up here, um, do you want to mention any other important things people can do in Virginia to help both prevent the codification of Roe in our own law and also to just get involved protecting mobs and unborn babies right here in our own communities
1: yeah well the first thing is they're going to have to vote for pro-life candidates in november's election or we're going to see a federal move towards abortion so that's the first thing the next thing is they've got to help their pregnancy resource centers they've got to be connected locally to supporting the people who do the ministry because if we just sound like we're against abortion but we're not for women who find themselves in those challenges we're, we're missing the boat so all of those things have to fit together and then of course there's there's moments like March for Life and things like that when we do want to engage and make a statement about life
0: well it's that time again Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, in keeping with the whole Kamala Harris emphasis this week, I just have to point out a comment she made not long after coming to Virginia, which is just too rich to pass up. She did this interview with podcast host Brian Cohen. Hopefully I pronounced that name right. I'm not as familiar with him. But during this interview, she was making the case of the supposedly urgent need to codify Roe. But it was a little awkward how she went about making this case. Let's just listen.
2: And, you know, listen, women are getting pregnant every day in America. And this is a real issue. And we need to act with a sense of haste about what is at play, what is at stake. And codifying Roe will be an important um, moment in terms of putting back in place protections for for the folks who are at risk right now because of what the court did in Dobbs just weeks ago.
1: Yeah, pa- apparently Kamala Harris thinks pregnant women, or at least the prospect of babies being born, is a national crisis. I, I have. This just tells you how far apart we are when we think about how differently we all view the world. When you see something like that and you say, she's thinking new babies are a crisis. And I'm thinking, bring them on. (laughs) Like, that's everything that we need. Um, it's, It's alarming that we have people that believe that.
0: Yeah, she says, this is an issue, and we're talking about, no, it's an issue if if we aren't replacing our population. That's the issue. (laughs) Yeah, this is actually a
1: real issue, but in the reverse. Around the world, this is a problem, and in America, we are now at a declining birth rate. I don't know how she doesn't get that.
0: Well, I just think her words kind of reveal the deeper thinking below the surface with a lot of cultural elitists that bringing a kid into the world is something to avoid and, in fact, could be disastrous –
1: it's actually tragic because that kind of thinking has reached the average young people who really take their time to decide whether they're going to have kids because they're thinking about the environmental footprint of their family. I mean, things that yeah. um, instead of viewing each human life as this unbelievable bundle of potential, we do really have a lot of people in society that are seeing the negative uh, of human life, which they're just I can't there is I can't imagine what that is. But yeah, um, That's scary to have her at the top saying that.
0: Yeah, we are training them to think that way. Well, I guess that means today's Inconceivable has to go to Vice President Harris and the Biden administration for treating pregnant women as the latest national crisis. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.